She is with us in a usual spot, final Tuesday of the month, the county executive in Nassau County. Her name is Laura Curran, and we say a very good morning to you, my dear. Hope, hopefully all is well. Good morning to you and your listeners, Jay. Great to have you here. Uh, did you notice an uptick as far as beach population over the last couple of days since the great mayor in New York City closed down the city beaches, Coney Island and the Rockaways? Let's start with that. What about the beaches? How did it go? Did you get a sense? Well, since the weather was, shall we say, crappy most of the weekend, we had very, very low turnout at Nickerson, uh, which is the beach that we operate. Even yesterday, which was a relatively nice day, we only had 36 cars in the parking lot where there was, you know, it's 2,000, it cut down to 1,000. Only 36 showed up by 1 p.m. So uh, all that drama and all that hoopla for nothing. Yes, you know, listen, uh, if you looked at photos and video from around the country, uh, beaches were jammed. Uh, that, to me, bothers me a little bit. But that's a whole nother thing. Um, what about the, um, the reopening, Laura? It looks like tomorrow the metrics will be met. Uh, listen, people have been itching for this for weeks now. Uh, give me a sense. Contact traces, I guess, were the key as far as the key metric. Give us an update as far as where we're at. Yeah, we're really on track for tomorrow, which is great news. Um, so it's construction, it's curbside retail, in-store pickup for retail, which will help our mom and pops and our downtown start to get back into action. You know, so many people have been laid off. So many people are concerned about their businesses surviving. So this should begin to help. Um, also manufacturing. People don't realize that we have a lot of manufacturing on Long Island. It's a pretty strong sector. So that is also allowed. So that's some good news. Now, I, you know, I've, I've often, I was pushing before to, for things like curbside retail and all construction to be allowed. So, you know, we're waiting, we had to wait for phase one. We waited for phase one and it looks like we're there, which is great news. My argument was always if we could build a quote unquote essential building using safety protocols, why not just use those same protocols for all kinds of construction? It puts working people back to work. It also is a symbol of progress. Things are getting done. Things are getting built. You know, you were the only ones who came up with, I think you were, I'm going to give you the credit. You know, Nassau County folks came up, SBA, $500,000 in loans to help these small businesses. Desperately, they need it. Uh, we know that the uh, stimulus was a train wreck as far as the first phase. Many got them finally in round two. Money's going to run out soon. I like the way the county, though, has come through trying to salvage these businesses, hanging on to dear life at this point in time. And I read about $500,000 here, correct? Right. So not every business. A lot did get the PPP from the, from the federal government, which is great, but not everyone did. And it was a lot of our smaller businesses, women and minority-owned businesses, and also some of our nonprofits. So when the governor announced this loan program, we jumped right on it. We worked with Richie Kessel from the IDA and my e economic development woman, who does a fantastic job, Deputy County Executive Simmons, jumped right on it. We, are, uh, we have $500,000 that we pooled together, and the return on that is $10 million for our businesses. So we, we knew we had to be nimble, and I'm really glad that my team uh, put this together, did the groundwork so that we could, we could jump right on the opportunity when it came. 
the way you came through with that. Um, testing center seems to be uh, more now than the last time we spoke with you. Obviously, you know, we're looking at Elmont and Freeport and Hempstead, some of the areas uh, that contain more minority population than others. We'll get into that a little bit later on. But it seems now that we have a lot of testing centers. I still want to make sure, even if you're asymptomatic, you could get that test because we know you could still carry the infection and transfer it. What about the centers themselves in your neck of the woods? Yes. So if you are an essential worker or you believe you could have come into contact with the virus, you are now, uh, you would now have the qualifications to get the test. Before it was just symptomatic. Now, of course, this virus keeps throwing curveballs at us. Now we know that it's a lot of people who have it aren't symptomatic. So if, if you're out there working in the world, you can get the test. If you believe that you've come into contact with someone who was positive, then you can get the test. And people are getting the message. And I was really happy with your help in getting the word out, Jay, because after I got, came on your show and was push, were pushing those community clinics, Freeport, Elmont, Elmont Westbury, um, Hempstead, more people showed up. And we're seeing the way you know you're doing enough testing is if the percentage of people testing continues to get smaller. We are way, way down in the single digits now of all people tested, testing positive. That means we're doing enough testing. But we're still open. We're ready to go. Don't give up the opportunity. If you feel that you need a test, get one. One of the bigger problems I have seen in testing over the last couple of weeks, or recent, let's, let's put it this way, from the beginning, hopefully it's changed, is getting that all-important result. How fast... Does one, after they take the test, Laura Curran, get that result, wanting to make sure, obviously, they're negative. God forbid they're positive. They know right away and know to isolate. What about the aspect of waiting? Yeah, that's a real problem. So sometimes you have to, you know, remember at the beginning when people had to wait a week or two after getting those Jones Beach tests done? It's less now. There are rapid tests, but there are some questions, you know, where you can get your results within 15 minutes. But there are questions about their accuracy. So, you know, you might have to take the test a couple of times just to make sure that it's accurate. Um, if I were to take a viral test, and I actually haven't had one yet, it would be, I would go for the more reliable one. I did have an antibody test, however, and I have to tell you, I think it's the only test that I was um, unhappy that it came back negative. I have no antibodies, even though I've been out working every day. Me too. You know, I, I was so sick in November. I tell the story all the time on the air. Came off a cruise ship. I have never felt more sick in my life. Could not breathe. Lungs were filled up. I was wow. I was. I'm telling you, I was on the verge of hospitalization. I don't know what to do with myself. But in essence, uh, I'm. I'm also looking for. I have to get that antibody test. I have to know, uh, without question. Where are we at with the uh, the schools? I, I know that sessions and everything else online and summer school and everything else here. But it's going to be interesting as far as what happens in the fall. And I say that because as we open up phases and more people are able to go back to work, the contingent, in my eye, will be if kids will be allowed into their schools. Where do you think that could go in the next couple of months? Well, that's the question. So uh, obviously we know now that summer school is out in school. Summer school is out. Uh, a lot. I'm speaking with a lot of our superintendents, and what I'm hearing from the people I'm speaking to is they would rather come back 100% or continue distance learning. That none of these split shifts, you know, day A, day B for half the school, because it would be a logistical nightmare. Um, 
they're concerned about budget cuts and it would have to end up costing them more to have more staff and fewer students on site. So uh, getting the, you know, the transportation, the busing, there, there's so many elements that go into running a school that it would make more sense for them to have 100% or continue distance learning. That's, that's the feedback I'm getting from our school superintendents. The other big question, of course, is a little more immediate, and that is about graduation. Now, a lot of schools are telling me that they can come back, they can do it safely, they can do split graduations, you know, do it in shifts, face people out. Uh, but the state still considers it, and I was just speaking with the state about this yesterday, they still consider graduations large gatherings, and right now they're not, they're not allowed. Um, I, but I do think the state will continue to look at this. You know, they've been nimble and sort of recalibrating because this, this is all new to us. Uh, but, but as of now, the answer is no, that could change. Uh, what about elective surgeries underway completely now? Is that where it is? Yes. So this is something I really was pushing on. I wrote a letter to the governor on this, and I was happy that he agreed. So we had elective surgeries allowed in Westchester and Suffolk, and for some reason NASA was left out. So uh, uh, my concern is that people are not and have not been able to access other kinds of health care. People are still, you know, coming down with disease and still need to go to the hospital. So these elective surgeries, we're not talking about things like nose jobs and cosmetic surgeries. We're talking about rotator cuff, hip replacement, things that really have an impact in people's life and in their overall health. I was also concerned about people not coming in for routine screenings. You know, I would hate to see someone come down, be diagnosed with late-stage colon cancer or breast cancer, because they were didn't want to go and get a screening at an at a you know outpatient facility, so the more we can get people to access their health care, the more we can prevent a sort of slow motion health crisis after this from people neglecting care. Property taxes, payments, uh, fees. Uh, where are we at with the late fees? Are those waived completely? Uh, did we? Uh, what is it? May thirty first into June. Where are we at with the whole property tax deal? So I had um, asked the governor to delay, because he's the one who has the power to do this, to give us the power to do it, to delay collection of, of school property taxes for three weeks. He said yes, so that's good news. And then just this week I signed legislation waiving a $210 fee for late payment of taxes, property taxes. That is a good thing. Uh, that's going to help in a big way. I like also what's going to help. Governor came forth yesterday regarding the frontliners, families of, uh, will be getting those benefits. I thought that was a key statement yesterday. Yeah, it's really important. You know, our employees have been amazing. And you think about who we have here at the county. We have our Department of Health. We have a morgue, right, which has just really dealt with this so well. We have first responders. We have the medics who did a fantastic job. The EMTs, the police. The corrections officers, think about what it's like to work in a jail in normal times and then during a pandemic. But, yeah, no, our Department of Public Works continuing to get out there. Our Department of Social Services giving vulnerable, our vulnerable neighbors the help and the support that they need through a tough time. You know, these men and women have showed up to work in very difficult circumstances with risk. And I, I, I fully support this initiative to, to help them out a little bit. 
Okay, that's uh, that's a good thing without a question. It has to be put in play. Uh, I'll tell you one thing. I understand. I think I read somewhere regarding the county's deficit could be in the area of about $380 million, give or take. Uh, is there a thought process right now as far as the game plan? I mean, listen, I know we're early in this game. We're trying to get people back to work and everything else. More importantly, it's about consumer confidence, trying to get people to spend some money. We know about sales tax revenue and how vital it is uh, to the counties. What about the aspect of, of kind of crawling back a little bit, a little scratch and claw and everything else to try and get back into the black again? Have you, have you given any thought to that? Yes, I think about it all the time. You know, just like our businesses are suffering, they're seeing their budget uh, really taking a hit. Uh, we at the county, same thing, 40% of the revenue for our budget, and it's a, it's a budget that's more than $3 billion, 40% of our revenue comes from sales tax. So you can imagine the hit that we're taking. Um, so we're forecasting now about $384 million deficit. You know, we, we've been streamlined. We've, we've had some real cost-cutting measures, efficiency matter, measures, streamlining measures. So we had a bit of a cushion. Um, you know, in sales tax, we're losing probably about $438 million. We're forecasting the deficit to be $384 million. So, you know, gave us a bit of a cushion, but not enough. And that's one of the reasons, one of the many, many reasons I am eager to get our, our economy cranking up again. Uh, we want to continue and we're doing, trust me, you know, the men and women who work for Nassau County have stood by us. I will stand by them through this crisis. Uh, and... I, you know, we have NIFA. Uh, I don't want to bore your listeners with all of that bureaucracy, but basically this is a control board that, if we need to, can borrow money for us so that we can have the cash to continue to provide the services that we need. They can get to the market uh, sooner than us and cheaper than us. So actually it, it could be a benefit. We might end up needing it. We might not. But if we need it, it's there. That's good to know. And listen, uh, I have my thoughts regarding control boards, uh, you know, with NIFA especially. You guys have done a nice job even without them. So I'll give you a lot of credit for that. Uh, So we'll keep that in mind. One more note on that. We were so close with our responsible budgeting. Jay, this is is like me just within a whine for a minute. We were so close to getting out of the control period because of our, our initiative and our streamlining. We were like within a hair's breadth. And then... The pandemic hit, and all of that just went to, you know, where. The way you guys have operated, I'm not happy with the way Cayman did his job from way back. And, of course, Barsky, but that's a whole nother show. We can concentrate on that. Uh, yeah. Talk to talk to me a little bit about some of the minority communities. We know they have been hit, hit very hard. I like the fact that you have those sites up now, as mentioned in the beginning of the conversation, Elmont, Freeport, Hempstead. That's going to help in a big way. I think the messaging uh, put out there a little bit more. Give us an idea where we're at now as far as the minority communities. Yeah, so we saw early on a disproportionate impact, especially in fatalities from COVID on our African-American and Hispanic communities. And that's why we ramped up testing. We increased testing in those communities. We did everything we could to get the word out and, and we're successful, which, you know, we partnered with clergy. We partnered with nonprofits. We partnered with community advocates and, and we, you know, we see the percentages now of those tested in the minority community also going down, which is great news, which means we're doing enough testing. 
And this loan program we were speaking about earlier, where we're going to work with the African-American and the Hispanic Chamber of Commerce to get the word out, get businesses to apply so that they can get all of the help they need to get back to business and get, get those people back to work. Listen, I've been saying all along, you got to open up Main Street. You know, uh, listen, I don't want to put you on the spot here, but I'll ask you anyway. Um, do you feel that the counties both, because they're linked together along with Westchester, we know that. But do you feel that we have been a little too cautious as far as our reopening is concerned? As, and, and listen, yeah, they, they could tell me maybe a little micromanaging had to be in play. But what about the aspect of trying to get things going a little bit so at least by Memorial Day weekend we would have had our businesses up and cranking a little bit. What was the Laura Curran thought process there? So my thinking was we could come back, start to bring things back safely. That's why I was pushing all construction. That's why I was pushing curbside retail. Uh, I, I talk to business owners all the time. They're smart. They're problem solvers. They know how to do things safely. And, and they were giving me in our regular calls lots of great ideas, information that we were sharing. And so I, I trust our business owners. I also trust our residents. They have been amazing throughout this crisis. They did what was asked of them. And I believe that they can bring things back to normal in, in a safe way. And I, I think we can trust our people and I think we can trust our businesses. So that's my personal opinion based on what I was hearing from people out there in the world. Now, you and I share something uh, in common here. You know what it is. And is that is our, belo our beloved New York <laughs> Islanders, Mr. Casale. Give me a little, give me a little Marzell something. Busting to the right circle. Shoots and scores! Matt Marzell picks the five hole on Leland Irving. And the youngster has tied this game at two. Plenty of that to come from the great Matthew Barzell, Laura Curran. Good to hear. We have construction getting up. Isn't that great? I'm Me too, yeah. I'm telling you. So it's great that construction will be kind of going on tomorrow, right? Wednesday, hopefully at Belmont. Yes. Uh, if if it, everything goes according to plan, yes, at Belmont. And what a symbol, right, to, to start bringing us back, to bring Long Island back. I think it's great. I really do. And it's uh, phase one. If you listen to the commissioner and the memo over the weekend, they'll begin a phase one as far as June is concerned. And uh, who knows? You know, we could we could be having hockey around July the 4th while, while we're barbecuing <laughs> everything. We could be watching a little Islander playoff uh, hockey, it. believe it or not. 20, 24 teams making it and everything else. And by the way, before I let you go, I'd be remiss of me not to say thank you. Because if it wasn't for you, Laura Curran, I would not have known, not known how to go about my business on the tennis court. I got to tell you, you, <laughs> set, you, you set it for me straight and it helped me and everything else. And quite frankly, I didn't get that feeling in Suffolk County. I got it in Nassau. So I want to thank you very much for the people who know what I'm talking about. Well, that's what we'll, we'll kind of leave it there. But I thank you. The I love way it. You kind that's of, great. You, I, I kind of like the way you kind of put it out there for me. So I appreciate <laughs> it. Isn't it funny that we have to micromanage even that? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, keep doing the great work. Hopefully good things to come in the next couple of weeks reopenings and everything else, phases, and next time we have you on, hopefully we'll be four phases in. Hope at least three. Please, God, at least three phases by the time we have you at the end of All June. All right. Uh, I'm can't down thank with you that. Enough. 
Yep. You stay well. You stay healthy. You too, Jay. Talk to you later. Bye-bye.